Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome to Tigers and 20 Off the Boards, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast where we bring you breaking news and interviews with players, top recruits, coaches, and influencers from football and basketball across the city of Memphis and around the nation. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome back to Go Tigers 247's Off the Boards. This is Kenny Stubblefield, lead digital content creator for Go Tigers 247. And man, today is a very, very special day for Off the Boards. We got Coach Ryan Silverfield on the episode with us today. How are you doing, Coach? Good, man. Thanks for having me on today, Kenny. Absolutely, man. It's good to have you. I Like I told you off the air, uh, everybody was asking me to get you on. And I said, you know what? We're going to try. I know you're in the middle of recruiting and you're in the middle of off-season workouts and um, maybe taking a little break in a, in a little bit, but I really do appreciate you joining me. Yeah, glad to be here. Look, it's uh, college football is ever changing, and the June month is uh, certainly no different. With you'll be able to do camps and official visits, but uh, and our current players working out, but it's going great. It's been an awesome summer so far. Really looking forward to the fall. So you're obviously in the middle of summer workouts, but you just finished spring ball, um, obviously, and. How did it go? I mean, I've talked to a bunch of your players and, and every single one of them to a person has said that spring spring football worked out really well for them, that that they feel like that the team was um, growing together and developing tighter bonds and relationships and, you know, integrating new systems into uh, the team. But, you know, from your your perspective as the head coach, how, how did spring football go for you and, and what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I was really pleased. Obviously, spring football seems like it was – uh, years ago, but uh, I'm quite pleased. I, you know, what I thought was we got better every single day. You're exactly right, Kenny. I think talking to the players, we did grow together as a team. Uh, this has been you know, going on year seven. It's kind of nice to be able to see the bonds that have been able to been grown amongst our guys. And, you know, this day and age is different. Constant roster attrition, changeover, and not only from staff, but from players. But our, our guys have all bought in, and that's been exciting. You got to see that throughout the spring. Guys continue to believe and you know it's kind of bled into the summer workouts they're working harder and pushing themselves and continue to create those relationships that will uh, pay dividends uh, this season as you sit down and you're working through you know before spring football starts before summer workouts start do you as your you and your staff do y'all come up with like a list of goals that you have that you're like these are some of the things that we want to do and I, I know don't go into too much detail about what those goals are, but but did you achieve those things that you set out to achieve? Yeah, I mean, we don't you know, look. Every player writes down their spring goals, and I think it's good to have individual goals uh, as long as they're in line with what we want to accomplish as a team. But on a day to day, you know, our biggest thing is just getting better. We don't sit there and say, "Yes, our, look, our number one goal is to win the AAC uh, championship, right? To go undefeated." And we make no bones about that. We, we're here to compete for championships. 
every single year. Uh, that's our ultimate goal. But, you know, right now, we just got to be better tomorrow than we were today. And that's not coach speak. That's the truth, right? We're, we can't look even past that first game. We know we got a heck of an opponent, Mississippi State. So, you know, our eyes are set on the prize, but it's a one day at a time approach. So, but the goals, I think, like I said earlier, is our guys did improve on a day to day basis. They did what they're supposed to. Um, and then you look at the grand scheme of things, right? Uh, I just was told, you know, the other day that and I don't take any of the credits, our student athletes, wonderful support staff, great academics. But, you know, for back to back years uh, under my watch, we've had the highest graduation rate uh, in the conference and I, credit to our guys, our student athletes and and all the support staff. They've done the right type of job. It just kind of shows you uh, the type of young men we have in this program. So those are part of our goals moving forward to continue to do things at the highest level. We talk about having, having a standard of excellence, and that's in everything we do here. So summer workouts are a little bit different than spring football and, you know, fall training camp and things like that. But are you, what does that look like for, for, for the team? Is it, are you able to get out there and do like actual, like full team practices or is it more individualized workouts, you know, position groups, you know, training, stuff like that? What does summer workouts look like for y'all? Yeah, Kenny. So what's the NCAA has allowed is they've allowed two hours of summer access uh, now once a week, which is different than years past, right? You can take that however you want. You can do 30 minutes uh, in the classroom of meetings, and then you can do 30 minutes of a, a practice without going against each other, without team oriented. So maybe it's some individual drill work um, that now the quarterbacks can throw to the receivers and coaches can be present as long as they're not going against the defense and we're not doing team, full team formations. But the majority of our summer stuff is actually getting after in the weight room and then the running and the conditioning. I'm still a believer that, right, if we get eight hours, six of those eight hours a week need to be old school. Let's condition. Let's get after it. Let's do what we need to do uh, in order to push in the right direction. And uh, obviously our strength coaches are some of the best in the country. We all prove that time in and time out. Yeah, I was uh, actually had a conversation that's going to be dropping with uh, Javon Ivory yesterday, and he was telling me about his welcome to Memphis moment as a freshman in 2019. And it was the the conditioning workouts, the the running and the drilling and things like that during the summer that he was just like, this is so different compared to what I've been used to in high school. And um, I'm telling you, man, it's not a surprise if you guys are are running as much as Javon described in his interview. There's no re- There's no doubt you guys are going to be in shape by the end of the summer. Yeah, look, we we don't ever worry about being in shape. That's for sure. Uh, like I said, our, our strength coaches are some of the best, and our guys do run. And so biggest thing is right, trying to find that fine balance of making sure they're running and getting in shape, uh, but we also don't need them out there running, you know, a marathon. It's, it's, is it the right type of agility, speed work? Also, that how it is incorporated to them being better football players and how will that help us on the field when we, you know, and we're fresh and ready to go come September 3rd. So since you've become the head coach, you've led the Tigers through um, – some really weird times globally in the sports world as a whole. It has been some of the most unique years. We're going to look back in 20 years and go, man, like what, what were those years? Like that was an incredible time period. Um, obviously COVID is still going on. Like people still need to be diligent and aware of their surroundings and, and making sure they're staying healthy but do you feel like that this year might be the first year that you sense that kind of relief of some of those burdens? Does that make sense? You know, look, it's uh, there's constant challenges in college football. And I always laugh and I say, you know, 
sometimes the uh, easiest months were actually my first three months, right? I never thought preparing a staff as a new head coach and getting ready for the Cotton Bowl would be easier than uh, some of the stuff that we faced, right? From social injustice to COVID to the transfer portal to NIL, certainly uncharted waters uh, with what we're dealing with in college football. And that's part of it. It's not like I always said, you know, pick up the phone and call Coach Saban and said, hey, how did you deal with the transfer portal 20 years ago? when you were at Michigan state and that those are just things that, uh, you know, we haven't been able to see and it's every day brings its new challenges, but yeah, I do wait for the day. I can say that was very similar last year, but uh, you know, going into year three have yet to be able to see that. So there's not a whole lot of repeat things. I just got to continue to adjust on the fly and, and make sure we're making the right headway with our program. Yeah, it definitely does feel as, as, as an outsider into this, um, you know, as an outsider into your program, it definitely does feel like there's a there's a sense of normalcy happening. But obviously, things have just changed so much with NIL and with the transfer portal and things like that. And we're going to get into that in a second. I wanted to I, I want to get your thoughts and insights into that. But um, so coming into this offseason, you had a really good problem on your hands. You had two quality quarterbacks on your team that were fighting for the starting position. Um, obviously, you know, you had, you signed and you recruited and signed Seth Hennigan, who I think everybody saw his highlight package in, in high school and said, man, this guy can play some ball, but, but it's not very normal for a true freshman quarterback to come in and have to assume that starting position role in a high level division one program. But Seth had to do it and he did it very, very well, came in and produced and obviously was awarded for that with a freshman all American award. I mean, just had a great year. But then you come into this year and you've got Grant, who's now healthy, who has multiple years of college division one experience. And you've got these two guys going, you know, battling for the starting position. Um, How impressed were you by Seth and his overall growth last year coming into this year, not only as a, um, a leader in the locker room, but also his growth on the field based on all of his success that he had last year coming into this year? Yeah, you know, Seth came in as a 17-year-old a that just won the state championship when we got him and uh, got thrown right into the mix here at the university and was just been pleased, right? He's had one of those uh, deals where he's had steady growth every single week, and that's kind of what we want to see, and that's what allowed him to be able to come in and compete at such a high level, obviously have a successful year. He knows there's a lot more work uh, that needs to be done and a lot more things to improve upon. You go back and watch his film, and we say, look – we can improve upon this, this, and this. And what's so great is, you know, now he's an 18 year old that I don't even know if he shaves yet, but still understanding there's so much room for uh, growth and potential with what he can do in his game. But, you know, the maturity and the intelligence, those are always what give a young quarterback the opportunity to have success. And, you know, he's proven that, you know, and then to be able to come in and and compete. I always say this, right. There needs to be open competition in every position. And that's not to make anybody on edge or to have angst, but uh, I think that helps this day and age, 18 to 23 year olds appreciate that and understand we're in a different world. Like I said, and keep going back to what college football is now where you are able to bring in transfers guys can come and go, you know, and obviously it wasn't the right uh, fit for Grant here at the university, but you know, and that's why he's going to his third year college and that's part of it and uh, wish him nothing but the best except for one game. And, uh, but look, Seth, Seth has proven that he's our quarterback um, and we're just proud of his growth. And I think we're going to continue to see steps in the right direction, even more so this year. Did you see, a, did you sense a change in, in, in Seth 
as he came back into, you know, after taking a little bit of a break, coming back to the, to the program, was there a certain level of swag and confidence that he had coming in going, man, this is my team? Well, I think you do gain confidence, right? And that's part of it. It's just like a kicker. Quarterbacks are very similar, right? Have confidence in what they're able to do. You know, just anybody looked at the change in his body, you know, from what it's been. You know, I think he came in weighing 187 pounds, and now he's almost 207, but put together and and developed. So all those things, right? Be able to start and have success as a true freshman. The better understanding of the playbook, our system is really not going to change too much, uh, even with a new offensive coordinator. So I think all those things you see, uh, he certainly has earned the respect of his teammates. So sometimes, uh, for lack of a better term, that swag he gets is when his teammates are saying, you know, you got it. And they're asking, you know, Javon Ivory uh, lines up and says, well, make sure Seth's up there throwing to me. It gives you some self-confidence as well. Yeah, well, you know, in the in the interview that we had with Javon, he, he talked about, I mean, he's played with Brady and now he's played with Seth. And he made a distinct correlation between the mindset and the mental side of of – the success of Brady White in terms of the success of, of Seth Hennigan and what sets those guys apart. Is that what you see with Seth is that mentally he's just a, an incredibly strong individual? Yeah. I mean, th- those two, if you ever spend time around them, obviously Brady was, uh, I think 36 years old by the time he finally left our program as a player. Uh, and, you know, Seth was just a baby coming in, but no, the reality is this, they're both very intelligent young men, very strong minded um, and re- very cool. You know, they're cool under pressure. They're both very calm. Nothing really phases them. That's what you want. And those are the type of quarterbacks that uh, are able to have success. I go back to the story of Brady White, you know, during the COVID year. And right before the season, obviously, Kenny Gainwell opted out. And, um, you know, that could have phased a quarterback because uh, there goes arguably your best offensive weapon. And then, you know, really three days, uh, less than three days, if you will, by uh, clock goes. Uh, you know, DeMonte Cox, he decided to opt out uh, right before the Central Florida game. And, you know, Brady White, he could have had every excuse in, in the world. And, uh, but he just said, okay, because that means it's, uh, I just got to step and play a little bit better and he'll make the win that much more uh, sweeter. And then he goes out there and puts 50 points on and beats UCF for the first time in program history. And you get a little bit of that with Seth. You know, Seth understands, um, hey, the, the role of the quarterback, especially in a program like ours with the type of success we've had, there's a little bit of pressure, but I, you know what? He, he's great about like, put more on me. Let me do this. What else can I do? And you're starting to see some of those leadership qualities show up. Um, not just when he's throwing the football, but in the weight room and, and when we're running and, and challenging guys. Uh, but he's certainly a leader by example as well. Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed about guys like Seth, guys like Brady covering Brady for a couple of years, um, most successful division one football players, have a level of irrational confidence about themselves that they say, man, whatever, like bring the pressure on, bring whatever problems need to have. If it's easy, I don't want it to be easy. I want it to be, I want it to be hard because I want to want to prove that I can do this. Is that, I mean, that seems to be just kind of the mantra of most of these guys is, man, make it hard for me. I want to make, I want it to be hard. Yeah. They, they, they're all about the challenges now. I don't want anything to be too hard when we get to the season, but right, that's the nature of it. But no, they've been great. And that's what you love. You can challenge them and throw things at them. And that's my job as a head coach is to make sure that we're presenting challenges to them um, that prepare them for when the fall gets here. And I appreciate that. You know, the quarterbacks that shy away from uh, things of that nature that are difficult, that may seem like, uh, you know, difficult mundane tasks. You don't want those guys part of your roster and, 
And we've certainly been so fortunate, you know, obviously I still go back to, you know, Riley Ferguson was the same way when people forgot Riley graduated top of his class here, a strong arm guy that uh, still goes down in my opinion as one of the better quarterbacks to play at Memphis. And then obviously the success of Brady White and, you know, look, I'm not putting any pressure on Seth, but he puts enough pressure on himself to kind of go out there and, and with those challenges of being the next great one. And uh, I think he's going to step in at a high level. Uh, that that seems to be the overall consensus among his teammates and everything that I've talked to is that Seth is that guy that he is the 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 captain of the ship that he's the that you know he's he's going to be able to step in and, and take on all that so um, but obviously you said we don't want challenges once the fall season once the fall starts and all that kind of stuff but listen man you know things happen and and obviously the quarterback is the most important position on the field. Um, where, you, how do you feel about the backups in terms of in, in your quarterback room? I mean, you've got two guys in the, in the room right now, you got JC French and you've got Tevin Carter that are probably vying for that, that backup position, um, to Seth. How are you feeling about those guys? Where, where are they at? Well, you know, we, we've got, uh, we have two young, uh, freshmen on our roster, right. You know, and Tevin and JC French that, uh, we saw Tevin, some of his arm talent during the, the, the spring game, obviously, but that watched that and said, holy cow, that, that young man can throw it. And he's worked hard. And, you know, he was an early high school grad and got there. And then J.C. French is a guy we're really high on, uh, super intelligent, great pocket mobility, able to do a lot of things, um, good arm strength, can throw from different platforms, just like Tevin as well. So excited about those two. You know, we got uh, Hunter Helsley on the roster as well. And then we added Ryan Glover, who's now here with us working out the transfer from Cal, who is a Penn Wharton grad. Uh, so anybody knows about the Wharton School business at Penn, uh, you got to have a little bit of intelligence to be able to get through that. And so uh, able to add Ryan Glover to the mix. So I think what happens is it's not fair to judge them right now just by what we've seen in these uh, the month of June. I think yeah, obviously July is going to continue to dictate stuff and then through training camp. And you knock on wood that you're, all your players stay healthy, but uh, right the odds are one of those guys may be uh, getting some playing time at some point, and, and we'll see where it may shuffle out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
I've had the opportunity to interview a lot of your players over the last um, last couple of months, and what has been interesting to me is to not you, you've got a lot of really talented, like physically gifted players on your team, but one of the things that I've noticed and has been kind of almost overwhelming because I'm an I'm an old man. I'm 41 years old. When I was in my early 20s, man, don't call yourself old. I'm an old man. Listen, <laughs> I feel it every day. Um, but in my early 20s, man, like I was still playing with mud, right? Like I was still playing. It, it, I just maturity wise, you know, mentally wise, I wasn't where I am now. Um, you've got some guys that mentally and mature maturity wise are just advanced for their age. Is that something that you and your staff focus a lot of attention on is building up the mental side of, of the, the guys that are in your program? Well, I think it starts on who you bring in. It starts with the recruiting process, obviously. Fortunate enough to be part of recruiting some of those individuals uh, with the previous staff. And then, you know, uh, again, credit to the, the type of staff we've had in our recruiting department, Landon Salem, and our coaches, right, to bring in back-to-back best recruiting class in program history. That means they're good on paper. That means guys like you at 247, they agree with the way we evaluate players off of film. Right. But the evaluations for us go way beyond the film. In fact, they start the other way around, right? Are they mature enough? What, what's their character? And that's the number one question we ask. In fact, before we take any player, uh, we actually go through a series of questions that we have to have answered. And I won't take a player's commitment until I see those answers I feel comfortable with. Uh, there's been a lot of young men. There's been four stars that have tried to commit and come play, be a part of this special program that I said, look, you're not the right type of fit because of the type of young man you are. <laughs> that that's a, a dagger. That's a tough conversation right there. You got to be real because you understand if we have 120 people in our locker room and that's 120 in our family, but you don't want to add a, a guy that probably doesn't fit well, no matter how talented they are. So that believe it or not, that's actually the very first thing we go through is character. But uh, I think what happens is you come into this program and guys start to hold each other accountable. And I used the word standard earlier. And I think that's so important, right? What our program's all about. You guys have heard me use the mantra all in. And if a player's not all in, they're not going to fit in well here. And so I think you will see that carry over even to interviews, which it makes my heart warm to hear that our guys are, are the type of young men that you enjoy talking with, the maturity, their mindset, and their approach. Um, look, that's one of those things that you, we got to discuss every single day. And like Zig Ziglar said, it's it's not going to be sitting here me motivating every single day, but we sure as heck better try and, and find different avenues and way to reach and teach these guys and we're so fortunate with the type of young men we have in this program, the staff we have pouring into them. And it, look, it's a mutual deal. It's it's a great bond. And I think if a small reflection is the way, the way they carry themselves in the interviews with you, Kenny, and hopefully they continue to represent themselves and the university in the right light. So how have you noticed? I mean, I know, I know you, you have a, a large coaching staff, you have position coaches, you have, you know, graduate assistants that are all there that you guys work together. Um, with these, with the, the guys that are on your team. But one of the things that I've become readily aware of is how important the veteran leadership from the players is in terms of taking those young guys and bringing them up to that standard. How, um, how important is that to you as the head coach to have that veteran leadership saying to the young guys, yo, come with us, man. Like you've got to be up here with us or, or you're going to get left behind. 
Yeah. I mean, we, we've all heard that, right. You know, good teams, the head coach leads, you know, great teams, the players lead. And that's one of the unique things I'm constantly challenging them. I don't want to have to stand up and give a hoorah speech every, before every game and before every day with one, when they're self-motivated and then two, when they're player led and that we've got great vets. I mean, you think about guys on all sides of the ball that have been fortunate to be a part of this program that understand what it takes, uh, what the standard is and how to hold each other accountable. And that's what I love is it's, it's not just, Hey, yelling at a guy because he's not making his time, so holding them accountable. It's teaching them the ways, Hey, this is the way that our program is. This is, that's what you talk about when you talk about culture. And I always say this, right. We'll bring in a recruit and I'll sit down with their parents and I'll say, Hey, you want to know about our culture? I can sit here and go through what, every letter of all in means and what service sacrifice respect. I can do that till I'm blue in the face. We can have a 20 hour conversation, but you want to know what our cultures go check out our vets, go see how they act, go watch them pick up trash, see what they're doing in the community with community service, see what they're getting the three, six GPA, see how they're treating other people, see how they are in the locker room, see their language. And guess what? Now all of a sudden it's a buy-in. And I think when you get most of your program to do that and the vets do it, it has a trickle down effect. So so very fortunate that our guys, our vets are the leaders and, uh, you know, it makes my job a lot easier. And I think it all correlates to uh, success on the field as well. So obviously, man, you, you are in the midst of um, getting some commitments and recruiting and the class of 2023. I, I do have one question for you though, before we move on from that, what is this hashtag wild things wild things 20, uh, 2023 or wild thing 23 like where where did this come from you know a lot more creative people than me if anybody knows there's not a whole lot of creativity hopefully just in the playbook and with right with some of the things we do but i'm not uh, uh you know I, I need someone to show me how to dress appropriately just so i fit in so the, the creative media people uh you know the guys that do the the handling the recruiting department you know all these hashtags that that are maybe a cool deal for, uh, you know, high school guys. And every, every program seems to have their hashtag for that year. Right. And right. I think if I was going to say like cool guys, 23, I don't think they want to go with that. One, cool so. guys. The wild thing. Let's do wild thing. Wild so thing. 23, works. Wild thing 23, you know, um, I, I, someone has to show me how to turn on my cell phone and I hit, right. hit the tweet button and, and there it would go. And, but Hey, it's been fun. I'm, I'm able to send out that, um, that that graphic quite often because we're getting some heck of commitments and it's been a lot of fun. And I think what's happened is people are really excited still about our program. And, mm. you know, was yet last year our standard heck? No, it wasn't. I'll be the first to admit I've got to do a better job, but I think that, you know, our current roster of the future tigers um, high school players are saying, man, this, this place is special. They understand what we have, our commitment to excellence and everything we do. Uh, from a university to a city to a football program. And that's what's been so much fun. So I hope I keep saying, sending out that wild thing, 23, even if anything, Kenny, just to drive you nuts. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I love it. I just, I'm, I, I had no clue what it was at first. And I'm like, where is this wild thing 23 coming from? But it makes sense to me. You, I mean, you've had, I mean, you've had to put it out there now 14 times in the last two weekends. We're not done. Weekends. We're not done. I, I hope to, hopefully I get to sit out again today. We'll see. <laughs> what so it, it it obviously and we're not going to talk specifics but in terms of of who I've seen over the interwebs over the last couple of weekends is seems like you're concentrating heavily on the trenches right now you're concentrating on the offensive de- defensive line which is typical for every single class man you got to get the the guys up front taken care of 
But as you're looking at it, as you've talked to your recruiting staff and as you've talked to your position coaches, what are some of the biggest needs that you guys have for the, for the class of 23? Yeah, look, it, it, it's turned into roster management at its absolute finest. Uh, you know, right. call me a head coach, but at the end of the day, I've turned it almost to an NFL general manager. You're a well. general manager at this point. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so, hey, I may say I only need uh, three of this position, but by the end of this conversation, it may turn into five. Right. Um, that's the reality of this thing. And so, um, but I think you always went in the trenches. I'm still a firm believer. You know, I go back you look at what Cincinnati was able to do, right? They had, you know, uh, I think four defensive linemen that were drafted or on NFL teams. And then you had two corners and a safety that were drafted. So what they did was they really built around, Hey, how good can they get up front and then get some shutdown guys? Obviously you can never get enough good players at any position. And I think one of the things we've done is really been able to evaluate a lot of the guys that we are able to get commitments from, we've seen in person, right? You can watch their film, watch the huddle, which is great, watch their game film, then the ability to go watch them have spring practice, then the opportunity for me to see them on our campus uh, in a summer camp. And that's been fun because now it's a true full evaluation, spend time with them, get to know their character better. Uh, because what's happened is too often these programs, you know, whether it's coaches chasing stars or just saying, hey, um, you know, this guy uh, looks good on his huddle. Let's just add him. And if it doesn't work out, we can always get room. I want guys we can develop. Uh, right. I still, my heart of hearts, believe where we're at the University of Memphis is, uh, let me go get a bunch of high school guys, our staff. Let's go get a bunch of guys, great coaches here to develop these guys, to make them better players and guys that want to be here. And, you know, yes, yeah, so we do some uh, headway and make some damage in the transfer portal ourselves. Sure, absolutely. But reality, we still need to be based on development uh, in order to get these guys right. And, and that's our job as coaches. How do you feel like the transfer portal has impacted recruiting, um, for high school kids now? Like what, how do you feel like it's been impact impactful to them? Yeah, I think it, it, yeah, I think it has had an effect. It's twofold, right? I think last year you saw less high school guys being taken, uh, because a lot of teams were saying, you know, there was a, a college, I think it was, uh, I'm not going to say their name, but there's a college in Texas that didn't take a single high school kid. They said, we're just going to make a, a living on the transfer portal and try to put a bunch of band-aids together and save our jobs and go from there. Um, so that had an impact. I think this year, obviously, the NCAA came out and said, um, you know, it really it's a one-for-one open number type system. So I think uh, high school recruiting uh, will be able to, you know, be back at its norm. But you've, one of the things that's unique, which sometimes make me feel uncomfortable, I have heard some high school guys saying, hey, I'm going to just take a, a commitment to the spot just to hold that spot, or I'm going to commit to this school, and if it doesn't work out, I can always come back to you guys. And, you know, the, I don't think that's the intention of this whole thing. Um, I, obviously, I'm all for whatever benefits the student athletes and players, and I, and I believe that. I know a lot of these things that are occurring with the rules and regulations have to do with antitrust. I'm not going to get into the, the politics of college football. That's a, uh, a 30 hour conversation, not a 30 minute conversation, but it has had a, an impact, right? You sit there and look, okay, how many high school guys are we going to take? How many transfer guys? I can't bring in 50 new high school guys, but I'm also not going to bring in 50 transfers. So it's fine. That right balance, right? Hey, do I take five transfers, five JUCOs and, and 20 high school kids? You know, I think that's part of it. And but like we're seeing throughout organizations, a third of rosters are going to turn over every single year. And now all of a sudden you sit there and say a third of all rosters. Now, it may not just be scholarship guys. 
and every school's different, right? I think uh, sometimes you, there's schools, obviously, as we've seen, have gotten rid of guys just because they don't want them. Um, you know, players being a cut, if you will, and for the addition by subtraction, a team will say, maybe I can go find a better player. And, and so it's certainly created a unique, um, for lack of a better term, transactions in college football. And that's where we're at. But uh, long-winded answer to your question, Kenny, the transfer portal has affected high school recruiting. I think we're going to find it balance itself out a little bit more, but the transfer portal is here to stay and live and well. So I know that you are it's a little bit about recruiting, but I know that you were probably involved heavily in the Memphis rising initiatives and the, the process for the renovations of the Liberty bowl Man, how excited. I know we saw it. I know you saw it a long time before us. But were you, the first time you saw the renovations, the mock-ups for the renovations for the Liberty Bowl, were you as excited as Tiger fans? Absolutely. You know, look, it's, uh, I think anybody that's had conversations with me, and the, I think the fans understand this, from the moment I took the job, uh, this is a long-term vision for me and the way we do things and the way we built the roster. There's a reason, and this is not the question you asked, but there's a reason why we played 27 freshmen, redshirt freshmen, because we're trying to do this thing the right way for a long time. And now all of a sudden you get the opportunity to see the advancements uh, that our athletic department's doing, right? That the city's looking at for the Liberty Bowl. It, it's nothing but pure joy and excitement to say, okay, this is something that is going to impact our program, our university, our city for many, many years. And it's a tangible goal that we will be able to achieve. And the beauty uh, of what we're able to do with uh, the stadium, uh, Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, if I say it correctly, I don't want to get Doc Brownie points. Yeah, let's get, let's get that right. Let's make That's sure right. we get that so, right. Um, but I, I think that it's just going to be such a wonderful deal. We're so fortunate. Um, you know, again, a lot of people are, have become involved with these things, but, you know, we'll continue to see more projects. And I, I go back to the day and age of when our offices were at the old facility and, you know, we come out here and they talk about coaches used to have, um, you know, fake tractors out there to pretend like we we're building an indoor, you know, and then we did a ribbon cutting uh, four years before there was actually a ribbon cutting for the indoor. And I kind of laugh about that. And Hey, now I can look out my window and see a beautiful indoor. And the thing is the progress we'll continue to do here at the university. I credit to our administration and all those involved. I mean, you, you said it just a few minutes ago. You're like, listen, we are building this roster, this program, this culture in the right way. Like, this is how we want to do it. And in a sense, it's almost being rewarded with some of the most heavy investments back into the program from the community. Is that... I mean, does that make you go, we're doing things the right way and people are noticing it and this is a beautiful thing? Yeah, I hope so, right? I, I truly believe that. I think it's uh, the fruits of the labor, right? And credit to those coaches, right? Coach Fuente, Coach Norvell, those that came before me, I, I give credit where credit's due. And I understand when it's all said and done, it comes down to winning football games. But I think um, this is different. This is, like I said, this has been different. College football is different than when I took the job, um, you know. I love Daryl Henderson and he, one of my favorite Tigers of all time, one of my favorite humans of all time. Uh, but to say that he was an all American ran for nine yards of carry, it would still be on a roster the following year and still run for nine yards of carry. I don't know. Uh, Daryl's a fine young man. And, uh, but it's, it's one of those deals that we're trying to do it the right way. And we will continue to, and I appreciate the support of so many of our great Tiger fans and, and our players. They understand that there's, there's only one way to do things. And it is great to see, 
okay, hey, for doing these things and, and, and believing the way we're going to do things from a culture standpoint, from a team building standpoint, to see, okay, hey, I can't wait to run out of the Liberty Bowl tunnel uh, when that thing's all said and done. Do you feel an added bit of pressure because of that commitment to invest into the program? Not one bit. It, it, look, no one's going to put more pressure on themselves than, than me. Uh, there, there's no such thing as added pressure. I think uh, all it does is add that much more excitement. And there's not going to be any more buy-in. You know, I, I try to get my minimum four hours of sleep a day. And then other than that, I'm, I live, breathe, and, and with this program. And so it's uh, no more added pressure. It's just more excitement. It, what it does is allow us to continue to sell our vision and bring more and more people along uh, in this tiger family to see that, Hey, this is the direction we're heading. So obviously Memphis fans were disappointed to not be a part of the, the big 12s expansion plans for this year. Um, and obviously the AC is going to take a little bit of a hit when Cincinnati, Houston and UCF leave after this year. Um, in terms of recruiting, do you think that, that the perceived drop off of the conference competition is going to, is going to hinder any of that clear recruiting momentum that you have? Not at all. I think we've got a, I used just, you said the term a vision to sell. People understand how good a brand of football is not only in this conference, but what it will be, right. We're going to add some great teams. Um, I think it's never about who's else is in the conference. What else is out there? It's all about us. It's all about Memphis. It's all about, um, what we stand for and, and the brand that we have to sell. And again, it's, it's great because you have a, a city, a university and a football program. They're all aligned and understand uh, how, how special this thing can be and what it is. And so it speaks for itself in recruiting. I think that uh, we're not going to take a drop off at all. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm going to press even harder uh, to bring in better and better classes um, of talented football players and, and talented young men off the field as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess the in my layman's terms, you're not selling the conference. You're not you're not pitching the conference. You're pitching the program and the city and the culture, right? Like you're absolutely right. It's always, you know, you get some of these people that want to talk about certain things and recruiting about this, that, and that about other teams. But it's got nothing to do with any of the other teams or anybody else. It's about, you know, the the logo on the firm, my jersey, and everything that it stands for, and that's what's so exciting. So there's a lot of really incredible things happening around the Tiger football program, man. It, I think that there there's a level of excitement that is palpable in the city getting ready for fall and getting ready for that. Obviously, that first game in Starkville, you know, is going to be an incredible experience. Um, but as you take inventory of your program, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm a realist and I understand that uh, – with Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF going into the Big 12, um, there may be some different advantages uh, in short-term recruiting. You know, a, a team like Houston and um, SMU that are in larger metropolitan areas, right, they may be able to get a transfer from a kid that's from that region um, that's able to come back home. So uh, no excuses, no explanations. It's just one of those things that's a little bit different right now. Um, you know, maybe they've got a little bit more to sell. Uh, some of these teams are providing um, some significant contributions in NIL and recruiting, which legally you're not supposed to do. But uh, we hear about it when guys won't take a phone call because <laughs> we're not willing to pay them a significant amount of money to come to a school. And some teams in our conference 
right? We'll do so, but that's okay. Uh, that's our jobs to out coach everybody and, and to go out there and out play and out smart and out physical and, and out scheme. Uh, so we can go out there and, and come up victorious. So look, no disadvantages. Um, I, I, like I said, it's all about us and I love the team we have and, and the program that we're building. Obviously NIL transfer portal is, is a conversation that nobody's ever had before, right? Like it's not something that, that we have to, that there's precedent for, this is how you walk through this. This is how you do this. But has the ever evolving conversation around NIL and recruiting been good for college football in general and for the Tiger program specifically? <laughs> Loaded question there, right? Uh, look, I think, like I always say, anything that benefits the student athletes, I'm for. <laughs> and our, our guys outwork, yeah, everybody besides the, the the military and the first responders and all those wonderful people out there, our, our guys work their tails off and they deserve everything they can get. So I'm in support of that. And uh, is it good for college football? That's a question to, to be determined to be asked, right? The grand scheme of things. Is it good for the student athletes? Sure it is. Absolutely. And anything that supports, like I said, my 120 sons, I'm all for. Um, but at the end of the day, is it, it changed a little bit of college football? Absolutely. You know, and I think it's pretty well known. A lot of coaches out there in the country have said it's created a little bit of a free agency and a little bit of a uh, different way of going about things. And uh, I think we're going to continue to see changes. Uh, we're going to have to continue to adapt. But I can't sit back here and say, well, we're not going to get involved in this, this or that. Uh, if we do, we'll be run over. And um, anybody knows me as I'm not jumping off the tracks. I'm getting ahead of this train and we're going to roll full steam ahead and, and continue to do things the right way to adapt and to overcome and, and to have success. All right. My last question for you, coach, and I appreciate you spending time with me today, man. I, I really do appreciate it. My last question for you is I've seen a lot of posts lately, social media posts from the football program of the team and individual players going out and doing specific things in the community, going out and being a part of, of whether it's serving, you know, serving local, the local Memphis community or speaking at local schools, hanging out with kids. I was telling Jalen Allen, I said that one of the coolest videos I've ever seen was him. The hula hoop with that little girl was one of the cutest things I've ever seen in my life. But for you as the head coach, how important it is, is it for you to develop the mindset in your players that man of encouraging that, that giving back to the local community and encouraging the local kids, the local young, young kids in the community to, to continue to make those pushes to, to, to be better. Yeah. When it's all said and done, uh, we're all going to be remembered for wins and losses and, and being part of this Memphis football program, but that's not what's really important. It's about impacting the others and, and making a difference in other people's lives. And I hope I can have an impact uh, in our community and on our players. But then in turn, uh, they've been able to teach me and teach us and, and give back to this community and give of themselves. And it's always about that. And we're, we're in such a city that it loves people that want to reach out and, and be a part of this community and give back. And our players on their own have been absolutely fantastic. And they want to help out, right, to go volunteer their time. Like we talked about, they work so darn hard, but if they can find a few hours here or there to go back and, and read to an elementary school, go up to Labonner and, and St. Jude's um, and do different things. And it, it's absolutely incredible. And we talk about our standard and our standards winning a lot of football games and compete for championships. But what they're able to do in the community with community service, that's our standard. And that makes me as proud as anything we've been able to do as a program. 
Coach, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I know you're kind of in a little bit of a, and I'm doing quotations for those who are just listening to the audio, a downtime right now for you. Um, and then fall camp starts and it's going to hit, you're going to hit it heavy, man. But our, so I greatly appreciate you coming on with me today and good luck this year. Well, I appreciate you having me on Kenny. And then to our, our Tiger fans, thanks for believing. Look forward to seeing you guys out at the stadium this year and been cheering loud and proud for your Tigers. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tigers and 20 off the boards. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a rating and a comment wherever you download your podcast. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, head over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are published daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for a VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. 